It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so you tuned in once again to get the magic going here. That's right, it is Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And this week, we have the magic going for show number 193 for the week of September 28th, 2017, as we are welcoming back a returning guest. Somebody that you know has played a part in great things that you love the one and only iconic Bob Bergen. That's right, Bob Bergen, who is the current voice of Porky Pig, everybody's great favorite Looney Tune. He's also Bucky the Squirrel from The Emperor's New Groove, The Emperor's New School. He's been part of Up, Monsters, Inc., Inside Out, and a variety of Disney classics, including being the voice of Luke Skywalker. Yes, not Mark Hamill, but he is the voice of Luke Skywalker in all video games and Robot Chicken and so much more. And Bob is going to stop back once again with us here at the show and talk about a variety of different things. Crashing voice sessions on Mel Blanc, how he became Porky Pig, being Luke Skywalker, and so much more. A lot of great stories on the horizon, as Bob can only tell. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, we have the D-Team here to add a little bit of magic so it's not just me here every single week. And you have the questions, and he always has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions in I Want to Know. We have Dominic with this week's tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and short on money in the short leash. We have Alexa back with Disney Parks in 5 with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resorts this week. We have Jamie and Trisha back. Yes, maybe you're getting hungry your stomach's growling they are back with magical munching we have all kinds of news hot off the d wire from the walt disney family museum disney channel disney junior legos star wars epcot center the magic kingdom halloween and so much more so before we jump into this week's show i do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by castle and dreams travel and castle and dreams travel is 100 free agency they're gonna help you plan book prepare and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations interactions with characters and so much more they're gonna help you plan book make it magical they're gonna treat you like family walking through the process. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barrier that you could possibly have and so much more. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to get this roller coaster going here this week. We are at the tail end of September, one week away from our annual Not-So-Scary Halloween shows. So let's officially kick off show number 193 for the week of September 28th, 2017. And let's become one with nature, squirrels, pigs, and so much more. Hi there. Just wanted to welcome you to my show starring me, Cusco. So no changing the channel, understand? No changey. Okay, theme music. He's on his way to the throne. He's on his way to success. But he has to go to school. He's got to ace that test. He's an emperor to be, and he's totally... You know, it's all about me. Exactly. He's got to learn his 
friends. I thought this was all about me. <laughs> Spell my name again. Long ago, in a faraway land, there was a prosperous kingdom ruled by a young emperor. Ha! Boom, baby! He had a serious attitude. You threw off my groove. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the emperor's groove. Sorry! An evil advisor. By the way, you're fired. I'll take over and rule the empire. And one major problem. I'll just poison him with this. Hey, Kronk, can you top me off, pal? Be a friend? <laughs> a llama? He's supposed to be dead! Yeah, weird. Take him out of town and finish the job. Now, his only hope is a humble peasant. Demon llama! Demon llama? Where? Ah! You kidnapped me! Why would I kidnap a llama? You're the criminal mastermind, not me. What? Tell me Cusco's dead. Ow! Well, he's not as dead as we would have hoped. No, 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 break. For your highness, I gotcha. You're safe now. Or not. Touchy. Why did I risk my life for a selfish brat like you? Now I feel really bad. Bad llama. Ooh, why me? The Emperor's got a new look. <laughs> a new partner. We're gonna have to work together to get out of this. You know, it's a good thing you're not a big fat guy, or this would be really difficult. <laughs> and a brand new groove. Come Walt Disney Pictures presents <laughs> The Emperor's New Groove. Uh-oh. Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. Booyah! Well, hi, everybody. This is Bob Bergen. And this is Porky Pig. And you're listening to Diz Radio, folks. If I were a rich man with a million or two I'd live in a penthouse In a room with a view And if I were handsome No way It could happen Cause dreams do come true I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you Wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have I have envy You green with it Your grace and your charm Everyone loves you You know Yes I know I know I know But I must admit it Big guy you always come through I wouldn't have nothing If I didn't have you That's how it always should be One without the other No 
nothing to me Yeah, I wouldn't be nothing If I didn't have you to saw you I'm just a punky little eyeball And a funky optic noise Hey, I never told you this Sometimes I get a little blue Looks good on you But I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you Let's dance Dip me. Don't you dare dip me. Don't you dare dip me. Ow, I should have stretched. Yes, I wouldn't be nothing if I didn't have you. I know what you mean, Sully. Because I wouldn't know where to go. Me too, because I wouldn't know what to do. Why do you keep singing my part? I don't have to say it. I say it anyway. Because we both know, know it's true. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have Wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have You One more time And one I don't have to say It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all VD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 193 for the week of September 28th, 2017, as we are gearing up for a returning guest. Yes, the voice of Porky Pig. You know him as Bucky the Squirrel from Emperor's New Groove. Up, Monsters, Inc., Inside Out, Wembley Fraggle from Fraggle Rock, the animated series, as well as Luke Skywalker's from Robot Chicken and all the video games. We have Bob Bergen stopping in here very shortly. We have tons coming from the D-Team. That's right, we have Aaron. Dominic, Trisha, Jamie, as well as Alexa, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments and so much more. So before we jump into the news, hot off the D-wire and keep this show rolling in the right direction, I want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show first and foremost. That's right. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news feeds from the parks, movies, Disney Channel, and more, and all kinds of fun right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, as I always say, magical, quirky, different kind of Disney show. And if you just can't wait to hear the D-Team, hear from our guests, hear the magic, the memories, and all kinds of fun, 
All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. There you can subscribe and get the latest shows on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, the MP3 player of your choosing, and listen to our latest shows as soon as they get released through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And if I've been rattling all this off too fast, too crazy, just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. All right, all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to roll into the news hot off the D-wire, and here's one that is pretty funny, one that we caught right away, and how about just in time for Epcot's 35th anniversary kicking off this weekend on October 1st? How about the Disney World signage? is completely wrong. That's right, you heard me correctly. It seems if you were driving through the Walt Disney World Resort this week, you wouldn't be able to find Epcot because the sign read EPOCT. That's right, according to the find originally found by Click Orlando, and it was reported by them as well, it seems that someone didn't take the time needed to spell check the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. As of right now, the sign can be viewed on Western Way by Buena Vista Boulevard, and this is very close to the Disney Coronado Springs Resort if you are familiar with the area. Now, according to Click Orlando, Tim Smith noticed the error on Tuesday, and it was confirmed this last Wednesday that the sign was still in place. Now, I am curious as the how long the error is going to remain up because usually Disney acts pretty swiftly on these kinds of things. But either way, with October 1st right around the corner, 35th anniversary of the park, yes, opening in 1982, let's hope that they get this one corrected just in time. Now, since we're talking about Disney and things like that in the parks, let's get back to something fun. And how about Walt Disney's hometown? And how about Walt Disney's hometown museum to bring back a historic ride as well as a Dreaming Tree Gala at the Contemporary Resort? Yes, the inaugural Dreaming Tree Gala will be held in the Ballroom of the Americas at Disney's Contemporary Resort in Orlando, Florida on Saturday, November 18th. Now this is fancy dancy. Yes, it's a black tie event, which includes dinner, fireworks, and it'll feature a mix of Disney legends, artists, cast members, and fans hear intimate stories of a man who used his childhood in small-town America as a source of inspiration throughout his career, as well as many of us know, Main Street, USA. Now, the event is going to raise funds for the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, it has a rare collection of Disney memorabilia showcased in the heart of Walt's beloved boyhood home of Marceline, Missouri. Now, Mr. Robert Wilson, a longtime Disney family friend and the last CEO, COO of Walt's private family company, Retlaw, will headline the events and it'll be the keynote speaker. And you can find out more about this black tie event at DreamingTreeGala.com. Now, this is something that is going to be fun. And Wilson has stated, I was blessed with a long career and association with the Disney family. And I'm excited to be sharing my private story for the very first time. Now, the museum is currently working on a variety of different things that we all love as Disney fans, ranging from gallery expansions to structural upgrades and more. And one of the most meaningful initiatives is the return of Walt and Roy Disney's 1966 historic gift of a midget utopia to the city of Marceline. Now, to this day, it remains one of the only rides ever to leave Disneyland and maintain operation outside of the company's control. Now, the ride left Disneyland in 1966 and ran for an additional 11 years in Marceline's Walt Disney Municipal Park. Now, it was officially retired by the city in 1977, but plans are underway to restore the ride and return it 
to the city that Walt and Roy called home. Now, if you want to find out more about the museum and many other things, including the Dreaming Tree Gala, it is a fantastic place. I've been to the museum myself. It is a fun little gem if you want to stay connected to Walt. And you can find out more at WaltDisneyMuseum.org for more information. Now, pushing along here, let's get into something that is on the humanitarian side. Yes, something with all the different things happening with uh, natural disasters and hurricanes and more. How about the Walt Disney Company is donating $500,000 in humanitarian aid to support the Mexican communities impacted by the recent earthquakes. Now, the Walt Disney Company this week has noted that they committed $500,000 to aid in the humanitarian relief efforts across central Mexico in response to the recent earthquakes impacting the region. Now, the donation will support the disaster response and recovery efforts of the Mexican Red Cross, Save the Children, and UNICEF. Now, Disney will make additional donations of all kinds of goods that are needed as well. Now, as they have stated in their official press release about donating this uh, funds to Mexico, they said, as our thoughts and prayers go out to the people of Mexico, we are once again overwhelmed by the resiliency and unity shown in response to this natural disaster. Now, this is something that they are hoping to like be part of and really help them rebuild and make things worth. So once again, Disney is going in there, stepping in and pretty much showing everybody that uh, they are here to help mankind, not just the growth of the company. Now, since we are talking about the growth of the company, though, that is inevitable. And how about Disney Store? Yes, something we all love is the Disney Store. And how about Disney reimagining the retail and e-commerce destinations for a prototype Disney Store this week? Disney launched Shop Disney earlier this week. It is great and fun. I love it. It's a new e-commerce destination offering the best assortment of Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel products for fans of all ages across fashion, accessories, toys, home, pretty much your online Disney store. Now, this is a new prototype Disney store design that is also carrying over into the physical stores. It was also revealed that the physical stores in select locations are beginning to test market all new looks to the way the stores feel. And they definitely have more of a retail feel. I'm just going to say that. I don't think it's innovative or different. It kind of looks like you're walking into a Macy's. But the new product assortment at ShopDisney.com does reflect the company's commitment to creating products tailored for different audiences and demographics. The one thing that is great is they have something for kids, adults. I mean, adult clothing lines, collectibles, toys for children, movies. I mean, you name it, they are going to have it at Shop Disney now, including park merchandise. The one thing that they want to do is pretty much appeal to every demographic, including families, kids, millennials, you name it. Now, the Disney stores around the world are also incorporating more of these products for all ages within the stores. That is something that they needed a long time ago. Now, many of you may remember at some point the Disney stores got sold off and they weren't actually owned by Disney. And that right there had a big problem. That's when we saw cheaper snow globes coming, less adult clothing. It just, it wasn't a good thing. But now they're getting back to this, making it fun, and the all-new Shop Disney app is available. And check out all these new stores that are going to be coming along and popping up as well in the upcoming months. Now, as we continue here, let's press on and let's get into some TV. And how about Disney Junior at the movies? Yes, you heard me right. Halloween, or I could say to my dress, Halloween. The Halloween party is coming to movie theaters nationwide for three days only 
this October. Yes, movie theaters are going to be home to a very special party this fall with Disney Junior at the movies The Halloween Party, an interactive cinema event that is playing for three days only on October 21st, the 26th, and the 28th. Now, kids and parents are invited to dress up, sing, dance, play, and celebrate the most spectacular time of the year. Of course, one of our favorites here at the show with our not-so-scary Halloween celebration coming up very soon. And this is a one-of-a-kind event that includes special screenings of never-before-seen episodes of Vampirina, Disney Junior's newest animated series that is starring Lauren Graham, James Vanderbeek, and Isabella Crovetti as a family of vampires who have recently moved from Transylvania to Pennsylvania, as well as episodes from Mickey and the Roadster Racers and Halloween-themed music videos and interactive games. Now, the event are going to take place throughout the United States in these cinemas for three days only, like I said, on the 21st, 26th, and 28th, and most of the times range between 10 a.m., 4 p.m., as well as 1 p.m., so it is kind of all over the place. Now, this is a different kind of event where you do need to get tickets, and you can get tickets at fathomevents.com, or you can just go to any of the movie theaters that are participating in the event. I would say your best bet is go to fathomevents.com, Look up your zip code and see which theater is having it. I know it's going to be a fun event. I know that I'm going to probably take my kids. Now, if you want the direct link to look up that, just go to fathomevents.com slash events slash Halloween dash party. You can also find a full write-up about this and the entire thing on our official website at dizradio.com. Now, continuing on here in news, we got a lot of fun things. And how about all kinds of fun things coming within staying fit, staying active, and uh, pretty much making sure your kids are fit and active as well. And how about Garmin and Disney introducing the new VivoFit Junior 2 activity tracker for kids? And now it's featuring Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel. Now, Garmin International has announced this last week that the VivoFit Junior 2 activity tracker for kids is going to have a lot of fun things. Now, it's going to have feature designs for many kids' favorite things, from Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, BB-8, Captain America the Hulk, uh, you name it. I mean, all kinds of Star Wars things and more. Now, as they have stated, they said the VivoFit Junior 2 is all about making fitness fun for kids. Lead an active lifestyle. And as they said, they're honored to team up with such a unique company with Disney and a unique way, having great things and infusing their characters into fun. Now, there are other things that they do have for healthy uh, incentives to keep your kid wanting to be healthy, including many different app experiences. So when you download the app, to pretty much track your fitness, your steps, things like that. There's the Mickey Mouse birthday surprise, a Disney adventure. There's BB-8's adventure, a Star Wars story, as well as Ultron's revenge, a Marvel Avengers mission. Now, these are all different missions and ways to stay active throughout the app. It gives you missions that you got to complete each day, things you have to do, and there you can level up, and it makes it a game for the kids to be active. It truly is fun and different, and I think it is one of those things that is going to help uh, make kids just really want to be active more. I mean, everybody loves wearing their Fitbits or their Apple Watches, but this just takes it to a new level for kids to really enjoy it, have fun, and really create these like games and things to go out, run around, and, and just have fun. Now, moving right along here in news, there's a lot of other things going on this week within the Disney company, and how about one that, uh, you know, pretty much is something we love here, and that's Disney music. And how about Disney Junior Music Radio Station is launching on Apple Music this last week. Yes, they are getting their own 
Music Station. The first ever Disney Junior Music Radio Station launched on Apple Music this last week, and the Disney Junior Music Nursery Rhymes Collection is the very first digital album that's featuring 20 classics in ways that only Disney can do, from Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, Wheels on the Bus, The Alphabet Song, and so many others. I mean, there's some great ones. I mean, the Alphabet Song is performed by Genevieve Goings, who you know from Choo Choo Soul, who is a past guest here on our show. Now, there's going to be a lot of other albums that they are going to have, from Mickey and the Roadster Racers, Doc McStuffins, Elena of Avalar, The Lion Guard, Puppy Dog Pals, The Nursery Rhyme Collection, like I stated, and more. Now, this is a first of its kind, a channel just for parents with those toddlers. You dropped off all the other siblings at school. You're driving around. You're trying to figure out how to stay active active and keep them having fun and laughing and playing well this is what's going to do it and you can find out more about this on the apple music store the official disney junior music radio station now there's other things going on within the disney company here this week but you know what i'm going to wrap up news here i've been rambling on for quite some time we have bob bergen stopping back in here at the show a returning guest great stories he has fun things to talk about, including, I gotta ask him, about crashing Mel Blanc's voice recording session, many other things, being Luke Skywalker, Porky Pig, uh, coming up with the Emperor's New Groove, a lot of great things. We also have the D-Team stopping in here very shortly as well. We have Aaron stopping in with I Wanna Know, Dominic with The Short Leash, we have Trisha and Jamie with Magical Munching, as well as Alexa with the latest from the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resorts with Disney Parks in 5 and all kinds of fun. So before I release the reins here to the D-Team, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, tickets, character interactions, you name it. They're going to hold your hand, treat you like family, and walk you through the process. They're going to make it magical, fun, and simple. And they have bilingual experts to help you with any language barrier that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. All right, LVD heads, with that said, it is time to continue on press on and continue on with show number 193 for the week of september 28th 2017 and you know what why don't you come follow me off to the magic kingdom Set yourself down, get your feet off the ground. Let imagination be your guide. Let imagination be your guide. Follow us to a world of make-believe. You can be who you want to be. With some kids are tiny, some kids are large. The hugs and the kisses are no extra charge. Follow us to a world of fantasy. Follow us. You can be where you want to be. All it takes is a little bit of So many things to do from so many places So many smiles on so many faces So many faces Follow us to 
one song. We're members last a lifetime long. We gotta get started. There's so much to do. All we need is a star. And the star is you. miles outside of Orlando, in the heart of Central Florida, lie 43 square miles of future fun and fantasy known as Walt Disney World, a place so enormous that it includes its own zoological island park, a 650-acre campground, resort hotels, a lakeside shopping village, the newest wonder of the world, Epcot Center, and the most magical place in the world, the Magic Kingdom. I'm Denise. We're about to take you on a tour of the number one vacation destination on Earth, Walt Disney World. Your tour guides for the trip will be trolley car conductors, golf pros, waiters, wardrobe specialists, people like me who work here at Walt Disney World. All of us are delighted to be able to show you our world personally. Right now we're in the Magic Kingdom and that's the perfect place to start. So come on, follow us. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, fall is finally here, and I can't wait till the temperatures start falling and the leaves start changing. This is one of my favorite times of the year, especially with Halloween right around the corner. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Allie Herrero of Kentucky, and she writes, Hey team, sitting here listening to the latest show, I got to thinking about some of Disney's lost gems in television. I loved Aladdin the series and Little Mermaid, and all those based on movies. So how long did the Emperor's New Groove show run? Did all the original voice cast return? Also, did they ever make a Hunchback series or an Atlantis one? Thanks a bunch. Well, the Emperor's New School ran for two seasons from January 27, 2006 to November 20, 2008. It follows the adventures of a temporarily dethroned Cusco as he completes his education order to return to the throne. Well, Yzma, as the school's principal, will stop at nothing to prevent Cusco from passing all his classes. Initially, three original cast members returned to voice their characters for the television series. Eartha Kitt as Yzma, Patrick Warburton as Kronk, and Wendy Malik as Chicha. Although Fred Tascori voiced Pacha in Season 1. John Goodman returned to the role in Season 2. J.P. Mannix voices Cusco, a role that he has already performed on the Emperor's New Groove video game. Double voices with David Spade. There was no Hunchback TV show, but there was almost an Atlantis one. 
Team Atlantis was the proposed television series to be developed by Walt Disney Television Animation as a follow-up to Atlantis The Lost Empire. Due to the disappointing box office take for the film, the series was cancelled a third of the way through production. Three episodes for the series have been partially completed and would be re-edited into the direct-to-video sequel Atlantis Milo's Return. The series would have found Milo and Kidda, now both King and Queen of Atlantis, reuniting with their companions and traveling to the surface to track strange phenomena presumably caused by Atlantean crystals. Well, that sounds like it would have been a great show. I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to see it. Well, our next question is from Jeremiah Thick of San Diego, California, and he writes, Aaron the D-Team, question about Pecos Bills at the Magic Kingdom. Was it an opening day food choice? And can you find the original cartoon anywhere to purchase? I miss the old Disney rare shorts. Well, what is today known as Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn and Cafe opened as Pecos Bill's Cafe with the rest of the Magic Kingdom in 1971. Pecos Bill Cafe was originally connected to another Frontierland restaurant, the Mile Long Bar. In 1998, the Mile Long Bar and Pecos Bill Cafe were closed and combined into one restaurant. At this time, the establishment was renamed Pecos Bill Tall Inn and Cafe. Besides just getting a new name, Pecos Bill also received new decorations, more seating, and a new backstory. Well, the original cartoon is available on Disney Gold Classic Collection Melody Time released in 2000 on DVD. It's available on Amazon. You can also watch it on YouTube. I should love Roy Rogers and the Sons of the Pioneer in that Disney short. It's a good one. Well, our final question this week is from Trisha Vinsky of Wisconsin, and she writes, Watching the old Disney television specials got me to thinking about some of them. There was one I can't remember the name of, but remember it vividly. It had people singing and dancing. Any help? I think it is from the 80s. Well, I believe you're referring to the 1983-1984 Walt Disney World promotional film titled Follow Us. 30-minute program filmed in 1983 was created to build excitement for the recently expanded Walt Disney World Resort. If you're a Disney theme park fan and nostalgic at heart, you're going to love every minute of it. The real jewel of this film, though, is the opening two and a half minutes. What makes the opening especially mesmerizing is that it featured performances from many of the entertainers he used to be spotted around the park and resorts in the early years. We well, can watch the entire video on YouTube. Boy, I sure do miss a lot of the live entertainment Disney used to have at the parks. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and be ready for the Halloween episodes. Whoa! Pecos Bill was quite a cowboy down in Texas, and a western superman to say the least. 
He was the roughest, toughest critter, never known to be a quitter, cause he never had no fear of man or beast. So yippee-i-yay-i-yay, yippee-i-o, for the toughest critter west of the Alamo. Once he wrote the raging cyclone out of nowhere. Then he straddled it and settled down with ease. And while that cyclone bucked and flitted, Pecos rolled the smoke and lit it. And he tamed that ornery wind down to a breeze. So Once there was a drought that spread all over Texas. So to sunny California, he did go. And though the gag is kind of corny, he brought rain from California. That's the way we got the Gulf of Mexico. So yippee-i-yay-i-yay, yippee-i-o. They're the toughest bitter west of the Alamo. Once a band of rustlers stole a herd of cattle. But they didn't know the herd they stole was built. And when he caught them crooked villains, Pegasus knocked out all their villains. That's the reason why there's gold in them bar hills. So yippee-i-yay, yippee-i-o, we're the toughest critter west of the Alamo. Oh, Pegasus lost his way while traveling on the desert. It was 90 miles across the burning sand. He knew he'd never reach the border if he didn't get some water. So he got a stick and dug the Rio Grande. Take a started shooting up their little games. He gave them redskins such a shakeup that they jumped out from their makeup. That's the way the painted desert got its name. So yippee-i-yay-i-o, for the toughest critter west of the Alamo. With his gun, he made the stars evaporate. Then Pecos saw the stars declining, so he left one brightly shining as the emblem of the Lone Star Texas State. So yippee-i-yay-i-yay-yippee-i-o. We get the tricks. You get the treats. Tune in all October for our annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration. Let Jonathan and the D-Team lead you into your doom buggy with Halloween guests, spooky tunes, and Halloween fun. Only on DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. Happy Halloween, everyone. Serpents and spiders <laughs> from the tail of a rat. Call in the spirits, wherever 
Hi, this is Hillary Talk from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in Camp Nowhere, and you are listening to Disney on Demand. Fridays on Disney Channel, get your cronk on. Cronk. 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 Sounds awesome. The Emperor's New School. Okay, I'm concentrating. Cronk. Cronk. Cronkity cronk cronk. I get it. Actually, I don't get it. Crunky, crunk, crunk. Silly. Crunk, crunk. Crunky, crunk, crunk. Come on, I'm sorta shy. Crunk on the Emperor's New School. Yeah, could you write that down for me? The Emperor's New School, Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Disney Channel. That was funny. Hey, everyone. This is Alexa again coming at you with the fifth ever episode of Disney Parks in 5. Starting off in Walt Disney World, this Sunday, October 1st, marks several anniversaries of the Walt Disney World Resort. It is the 46th anniversary of the opening of the Magic Kingdom and the entire Walt Disney World Resort as it was the first theme park there. It is also the 35th anniversary for Epcot, which opened on the same date only 11 years later. For the 35th anniversary of Epcot, there will be a special ceremony, exclusive celebration merchandise, and even a unique showing of illuminations, reflections of Earth that night. Don't miss this historic event. Imagineers and cast members at Disney's Hollywood Studios have begun testing the ride vehicles on the newly finished track of the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster in the upcoming Toy Story Land. The new ride is supposed to be designed to mimic Slinky Dog's body movements on the track, which is a new feature for a Disney roller coaster. I'm really excited to experience that. More details have been revealed about the replacement to the great movie ride, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. What a tongue twister that is. New concept art has demonstrated that there will be at least one pair of Mickey and Minnie audio animatronics. How cool will that be? Another cool detail about this upcoming attraction is that it will feature a brand new special effect called 2.5D. Basically, they are adding real depth to a 2D cartoon, whatever that means. The effect is inspired by Walt's multiplayer camera that he invented in the 1930s. Whoa, I cannot wait to see what that will be like. Moving on to Disneyland, right now at the Disneyland Resort, Halloween is in the spotlight. It is awesome. I just went this past Saturday and I gotta say, I really think this is the best they've ever done as far as Halloween decorations go. Walking through Disney's California Adventure and hearing the spooky music and then Oogie Boogie comes on the intercom with a creepy speech and an evil laugh. Then seeing the Headless Horseman statue at night, he is smoking, literally. Smoke rises from where his head is supposed to be. His pumpkin head that he holds in his hand flickers through the night, along with his horse's eyes and nostrils. (laughs) Ugh, it's enough to get anyone in the Halloween spirit. Guests are raving about the gingerbread house and the ballroom scene of the Haunted Mansion holiday this year. Oogie Boogie is not just taking over California Adventure, he is also eating Halloween Town's entire gingerbread house in the Haunted Mansion. The gingerbread house is decked out in delicious looking candy, but is falling apart while Oogie Boogie stands behind it with his hands full of gingerbread and candy. And, as always, it smells delicious. Delicious enough to make guests wish that Oogie Boogie would save some for the rest of us. Speaking of Oogie Boogie, for a limited time, guests can purchase a glow-in-the-dark popcorn bucket in the shape of Oogie Boogie. What a cool keepsake that you can eat food from. That's my kind of souvenir. Thank you for listening to Disney Parks and 5 with me, Alexa. Let me know your thoughts and experiences on my social medias, titled Disney Till You're Dizzy. You can find me on my YouTube channel, also titled Disney Till You're Dizzy. 
And find my book on Amazon, Disney Till You're Dizzy, 1001, Facts, Rumors, and Myths About the Disneyland Resort. Always remember that there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day, and tune in next time for more Disney Parks and Facts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome to a party. In spite of the weather, we want to welcome you. It's not really a party, it's more a celebration, a dedication, a, a festival, an event, also a monumental achievement all rolled into one. And it's also a party. <laughs> I'm Danny Kay, and I'm speaking to you live and wet from Epcot Center. This is the realization of Walt Disney's dream to create a permanent showcase of technology and world culture. It's a living monument to past achievements and a testament to the hopes of the future. A future where the quality of life for all people will be improved. It's with this spirit in mind that I'd like you all to share with me the wonder and the excitement of this truly remarkable place. Why don't you come with me as we look forward to the dawning of the 21st century. The 21st century's here. It's time for the dream to come true. This glorious figment of one man's imagination. It started a long time ago. Continued to flower and grow. From the marvelous mind of that magical man Now the theme of the dream and the fabulous plan Are born and just busting to get underway And the 21st century begins today The 21st century's now There's history happening here Before you, you see how the dream reached its culmination thrilling sight one could see with visions of things yet to be a brilliant design of incredible scope constructed of miracles magic and hope and a new kind of joy for this weary old sphere and the 21st century begins right here that you can touch and feel the world of Epcot's all around you but it's no fantasy no fantasy it's all Magnificent dream realized. But but maybe you're asking yourselves, oh, what's an Epcot? Well, it's a good question. Is it just another amusement park? Mm. Number one, Epcot is the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And number two, Epcot isn't just an anything. Oh, isn't just a resort, it isn't just a world's fair, not just a cavalcade of wizardry, technology, and flair. It's not just it.
Epicurean displays by international gourmets where one can dine, lunch, munch, crunch for days and days and days. Not just a festival of music, dance, the arts, or education, nor a pageant for the senses sparked by wild imagination. Not just communication, nor the bounty of the land. Not just the world of motion, nor the ocean or the sand. It's not just transportation, nor light or sight or sound. Not just satellites in space, nor the fossils underground. Where Epcot is concerned, there ain't no just about it. Epcot isn't just in anything, it's everything and more. A great deal more than anything the world has seen before. The perfect planned community, the splendorific sprawl. And Epcot Center is the heart of it all. Just so there's no confusion, Epcot Center is located in the center of Epcot. And Epcot Center is made up of two parts, which is Future World and the World Showcase. It's 2.5 miles from the Magic Kingdom, which is also part of Epcot, which is what the entire 27,000-acre area, known as the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, or Epcot, or Walt Disney World, is called. <laughs> Just so there's no confusion. I hear a thousand voices loud and strong. Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney Short Leash. If you're new to this segment, the Short Leash isn't the thing that's keeping the Yeti from moving at Everest. No, the Short Leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of the Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. You've gone to Disney how many times? I've heard that sentiment a lot, that tired refrain from people who don't understand why we would vacation at the same place all the time. I've heard it wrapped up in semi-judgmental condescending tones that we people in the Northeast get whenever we say we've been to Disney more times than the number of children we have, plus or minus two. They're aware of the cost and they think it's something you do once for your children and if you happen to have more than one child, you're forgiven for going again for the sake of your other kids. But to vacation there regularly? To some people that's evidence of some Pee Wee Herman level 
little stunted maturity. If you're listening to this podcast, you might have been a victim of this type of vacation shaming. However, I've never understood it. Those vacation shamers go somewhere every year. They ski the same mountain, or they go to the same beach ad nauseum. They take cruise after cruise or vacation at St. Somewhere Island near the equator. The same people who might turn down their nose at the expense for a Disney trip are the same ones to let you know about their new vacation home or boat or RV that they'll be paying an annual sum of money that's sure to equal the inverse of the amount of time they actually are able to enjoy it. I could buy a boat too and throw money in the ocean taking care of it or go to Disney. I think I'm making the right choice. Plus, apparently by law, every other attraction at the parks is required to be a boat ride, so I totally win. Seriously, go to Epcot's Land Pavilion and you'll ride a boat. And you also hang glide on soaring. Yeah, the land has you on a boat and has you soaring through the air. There's nothing land about it. Makes no sense at all. It's like the flying dinosaur ride at Animal Kingdom being a triceratops instead of a pterodactyl. Or the fact that phonics isn't even spelled phonetically. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, people going on just a generic hotel resort vacation. I visited a resort in Croatia this summer. It was only one stop for me on a larger tour of Europe. As I looked around at the other guests, this was it. The resort was totally their vacation. And it had pools, trails, restaurants, and buffets with approximation of what we'd consider bacon. There was a limestone patio beach that came out of a pine forest for people to relax and unwind, which was nice, but that's when a couple of things struck me. First, the Disney parks are so entertaining to our family that what most resort vacations offer doesn't even make our list as something worthwhile to do on a Disney vacation. I've done over 30 of these segments now, and how many of those segments revolved around the idea of that if you're going to spend over $100 for a park ticket, get the most out of their park ticket by camping out to be the first one through the gate like it's Black Friday in 1985 and you're trying to buy a Teddy Ruxpin. And never leave, you're going to have to be dragged out by security when the park closes. Who has time for a resort, especially on a short leash? Why am I paying a premium for somewhere to be unconscious? But then, something else struck me. I guess the resort itself could be a short leash vacation. What our family regards as a theme park pit stop, some place to nap between closing time and rope drop, is in fact what most other resorts anywhere else consider the entirety of their vacation getaway. They provide food, some in-hotel entertainment of some kind, room service pools, with those athleisure activities that convince you that the drinks and bacon are not going to stick to you because of 20 minutes of no-impact aqua aerobics with a kickboard. Seriously, put the kickboard down. You're a grown adult. You're like those people who go to the Woodlands Lodge treehouse and count it as camping. That's not camping, that's high-end glamping. Here's the criteria. If your toilet paper was alive immediately prior to using it, that's camping. Posers. Anyway, perhaps on your next quick getaway, it'll be resort only. Don't try the park assault and stuff 10 pounds of vacation in a 5-pound bag. Instead, try some Disney relaxation. We thought this was the kind of vacation we were in for last Christmas. I had done Christmas before and it was a mob scene. I thought people eating their young was just an expression. I warned my wife that this is going to be a different kind of trip, one that we would probably just walk around a lot and appreciate the decorations, but the lines for the attractions would most likely be longer than the Earth's circumference. So this trip, we just planned to relax, visit the resorts, and enjoy the theming. Luckily, we were wrong. At this point, we had the place timed so well that we waited no more than 20 minutes for anything. But the point was, we were ready for a ride-free, stress-free, hang-out-the-resort kind of vacation. We took a giant family reunion type of vacation a few years back, and that's exactly what my parents ended up doing. Being old, boring, and decrepit, they chose to forego most of the attractions and spent their vacation getting pampered and fed at the Boardwalk Resort. They had a blast. Now, is that something I could do? Well, no, never. Apparently, I'm not that kind of person. That beach vacation that so many of my Facebook-esque friends seem to think I'm interested in seeing them take? Well, for me, that seems just about as fun as being waterboarded by my father-in-law. 
The beach sucks. You have to haul your entire kitchen and living room outside to try to make it bearable to sit in dirt and be bored out of your mind while the sun turns you into a precancerous raisin. I thought I was Italian, but I may be part shark. I just can't sit still. I need to be entertained and take in some creative imagineering. I want to be serenaded by hick bears. I want a 50s TV host to come back from the grave and drop me from a tower. I want to eat a hamburger while animatronic alien sings me show tunes. But if I only have a couple of days, those resorts are awesome. You may want to just consider foregoing the park and relaxing being pampered amongst Disney theming and merchandise. Because spending a couple days at Disney World the way you want to, well that's short leash people, I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I can also be found on the internet, on Twitter, at WDW Plantoons, and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. We've made a lot of new cartoons and even have a cooking show posted, so check it out. Well, that's it for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Vicky. Where's the world's greatest resort? Watch this, then stay tuned. I'll be back in a minute with a free offer. Daddy's got a new job. Maybe he and Mom forgot what childhood means. I'll never meet Mickey Mouse. Maybe we'll go. Hey, little girl, do you think that no one cares about you? Uh uh. Daddy's working. That's what you think. He's a time to always treasure. Now your dreams come true. Sharing all the fun together. It's Mickey. Together at Disney. Hi again. Right now, rooms are available in the famous Walt Disney World Resort hotels. Call this toll-free number, and we'll show you more in this 28-page vacation magazine, yours free. It's filled with the rooms, recreation, and fantasy of the world's greatest resort. Call this toll-free number now. The rooms, the fun, and your free magazine are waiting. Their dealings with dressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. No, no, we've searched every village around the palace and still no sign of Cusco. Where is he? Croc here. I'm getting tired. Pull over. Sure thing, Croc out. Perfect. These are my best shoes. I hate this jungle. Oh, look. A golden-throated small one warbler. Just one more for exotic bird bingo. I am loving this. Yeah, tell me about it. No, no. It's not you. She's not the easiest person to get close to. There's a wall there. Trust me. Are you talking to that squirrel? I was a junior chipmunk. Uh, and I had to be versed in all the woodland creatures. Please continue. Ah, why me? Why me? Why? Hey, it doesn't always have to be about why, you. Why, why, this poor little guy's had it rough. Seems the talking llama gave him a hard time the other day. Oh, uh, talking llama? <laughs> Do tell. Ah, <laughs> uh, he doesn't really want to talk to you. Well, then you ask him. 
Hate being in the middle. Squeaky, uh, squeak, squeaker, squeaking. Jaguars. No kidding. Brutal. Ah, could you give us a little room here? Oh, sorry. A little bit more, please. How is this? Yeah, that's good. Now ask him which way the talking llama went. Ah, uh, squeakity squeak. Squeaking. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, television, films, animation, and so much more, many times those are the ones behind the microphones, the ones working in the studio, the ones bringing these characters to life, whether that's video games, movies, television and more and with us here this week is somebody that is a returning guest somebody that has a resume that will continue to impress you you know him as the voice of porky pig the voice of luke skywalker in video games and robot chicken as well as being bucky in the emperor's new groove and so many other things we have the very talented and iconic bob bergen here welcome to diz radio uh, thanks, my friend. How you doing? It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your resume, you know, all the characters, voices, people you've brought to life. It's just one of those resumes where you sit back and it's like, wow, I grew up with these. Our parents grew up with some of these characters. We're passing them on down to our kids. Now, I know that you're a returning guest. So, you know, I guess what we'll do, though, is for anybody new tuning in, what led you down that road of wanting to become a voice actor? Oh, well, I... I, I, I proudly announced to my parents when I was five years old I wanted to be the voice of Porky Pig. My mom said, you can't be Porky Pig, you're Jewish, and I didn't quite understand what that meant. But all I knew is that there was this little talking cartoon character that I really wanted to, to voice. And I figured out there was a formula to a stutter, and I, I just memorized cartoons. And, I, you know, we live in the Midwest. You're not going to be doing a lot of cartoon voices living in the Midwest. My, I was fortunate that my dad took a job in Los Angeles when I was 14, and I just I picked up the phone and I started calling everything. By the way, for those listening, there used to be a thing called the Yellow Pages, which had phone numbers in it. And I would call <laughs> Disney, and I would call Warner Brothers, and I went to the White Pages, and I looked up Mel Blanc, and I called him, and I crashed a recording session, and I started studying voiceover, and I studied with Dawes Butler, who was Yoki Bear and Huckleberry Hound, and, you know, through... Uh, you know, educating myself as an actor, studying acting for several years, improv voiceover. I got my first agent a week out of high school, started auditioning and booking slowly, and um, Mel Blanc passed away in 89. I'd already been working in the industry doing cartoons and commercials and what promos and whatnot. And in 1990, I was, after many, many auditions, I was hired to do Porky Pig for the first time for Tiny Toon Adventures. So long story short, that was my journey. <laughs> well, and like you said, it, it's a journey where you never gave up and you kept pushing. And that brings us to something that, you know, many people, when we mentioned that you were coming back on the show, some of our team decided to, to ask, you know, was it true that you did, I guess, sneak in and crash in on a Mel Blank session? It is true. What happened was I, I found his number in the phone book under his wife's name. And I taped the conversation, which is not legal, people. You're not supposed to tape conversations without people knowing, but I did, and it's been a long time, and I don't think I'm going to jail. And by the way, that <laughs> conversation's on my website if people want to hear it. Um, and during the course of that conversation, 
Mel Blanc mentioned the name of the studio he was working at that week, but he didn't say the day or the time. So when I finished my conversation with him, I called the studio pretending to be his assistant, and I was just trying to find out when he's working. So I said, hi, listen, I'm just calling Mel Blanc's assistant. I'm calling to confirm his appointment this week for Thursday at 9. And they said, well, we've got him on the books for Wednesday at 11. And I went, oh, you're right. I'm looking at the wrong day in the calendar. So sorry. So I told my mom, I'm skipping school on Wednesday, and you're going to take me to watch Mel Blanc. And she said, cool. So when we got to the studio, I told the receptionist that we were guests of Mel Blanc, and she told me which which room he was in. And when I got into his 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 room, I told his producer that we were really good friends with the receptionist, and she said we could watch. And the producer let us watch, and that's how I crashed that session. So I guess for success in voiceover, you need just a little bit of stalking. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the kind of thing, like you said, where you know you went out there, you pushed her, you snuck in. It's been a long time, so it's all good, but it was fruitful. And you know, you kind of took over for that iconic role. And I guess when you first, I guess, got that role in Tiny Toon Adventures, you realized I'm Porky Pig. I guess was that one of those? You went home, you realized. I have now fulfilled the first half of my dreams. You're, you're, you're on the right track. Well, first of all, in 27 years, I've had to re-audition for Porky four times, so none of us who voice classic characters have a, any kind of an ownership. We are, we are the, 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 the character of the moment. And, you know, I, but that first job, my parents took me out for dinner and, to celebrate, and I, I got just this huge, just like wave of depression. And my mom says, what's wrong? And I said, well, here I am in my 20s, and I just met my lifelong goal. What's what, what's what's ahead? And my mom said, everything. So, you know, it, it's there's no security when you're an actor. You don't, you don't wake up every day and go, I've made it. Anytime an actor feels like they've made it, it's going to be downhill from there because you, no matter where you are in your career, you always have to look for what's next. Um, but, yeah, I mean, booking that character for the first time and doing that job for the first time, we just had a uh, a memorial celebration for June Foray who was a classic uh, animation voice actress, probably the the queen to Mel Blanc's king. And um, I, t- I told stories of how I, I mean, my, that first job on Tiny Toons, I was doing Tweety and Porky, and she was doing Granny. And it was just like, you know, a kid who loves cartoons or anybody who grew up with classic cartoons it, it doesn't get much better than that. Well, definitely. And like you said, it's one of those where you're working with these iconic people, you're, you know, and you had to keep auditioning for Porky. And I'll get more to that in a second here. But when you did sit back and you watched that, I guess, those first episodes and first run, did you get lost in the character? Or were you like, oh, I can tell that's me because I was in there and it's, you know, you, you were criticizing yourself? Well, I can, st- I still do that. You know, I will go to a movie yeah, I've done. And, you know, when you, when you do an animated feature, it, it may take two to five years to, 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 to work on it. So you might do a, a recording session two or three years before it comes out. It comes out, I'm sitting in the theater, and I'm cringing because I'm like, oh, I could do that performance so much better. But I've already spent the money they gave me to do it three years ago, so I can't do it. I'm, a, I'm, my, I'm the world's biggest critic of myself. So I, I – listen, none of us sound like Mel Blanc. None of us come close to what he brought to these characters. I think our goal is just to keep the integrity of the original characters. But after 27 years of playing him, we, we're, we're several generations in of people, fans, who have only heard my version of Porky because the classic Looney Tunes aren't as available as they used to be. They used to be on Saturday morning. Well, they don't do Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Um, I think the Boomerang app, which is where my current show is, is, um, is playing, plays the classics. But, you know, for people that grew up with 
you know, Duck Dodgers and Tiny Toons and Space Jam, the Looney Tunes show, they, they're only used to my voice. But honestly, I, I, I don't try to do what Mel Blanc did. I try to do the best Porky I possibly can. And, and again, none of us sound like him. <laughs> well, and like you said, it is a generation where they've only grown up with your variation of Porky. And that's going to lead us to other things that you've been part of as well, because you've been part of many different Disney features, you know, from the Tinkerbell series being, you know, Cheese, and of course, you know, Bucky and Emperor's New Groove. How different of a shift is it when you have to go in and, I guess, make sounds and squeaks and, and things like that? Well, for like the Emperor's New Groove... You know, if you look at the the feature animation credits at the end, you'll see a little clump of names that says additional voices. Those of us that can, in one scene, play ten characters, we're kind of an ensemble. We're utility players, where they'll hire major celebrities to play the leads. But those of us who have the ability to play multiple characters in one scene will be lumped as additional voices. And the reason they do that is to give us screen credit. If they gave us per voice or per character credit, those credits would go on forever, and it would take forever to scroll them. So we made an agreement at Screen Actors Guild years ago that we would be in the additional voice credits. Um, when I do, when I did The Emperor's New Groove, I was hired to work on the film, and they said, you're going to play a squirrel. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I get to the studio, and Mark Dindle was the director, and he was giving me the rundown. When you do an animated feature, you don't get the whole script, and you don't work to picture. You only see the pages you're working on. I had no idea what the story was. In fact, I had worked on the film a few years earlier. It was called Kingdom of the Sun, and it was a heavy drama. And I guess they shelved that idea, reworked it, and made it a wacky comedy called The Emperor's New Groove. Um, and I'm told I'm doing a squirrel. And, they, and, and Mark told me that uh, Patrick Warburton plays Kronk, and he speaks squirrel. And they showed me his lines, and I, he goes, squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak, and the squirrel answers him, and he translates. And I said to him, do you want me to say squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak? And he said, no, I want you to create a language. I said, okay, uh, can I think about this for a few minutes? He said, sure. So, you know, the Disney Studios, looks, if you go outside the sound stages, it's very park-like, lots of grass and park benches. It's really, it's, it hasn't changed, I think, since the 40s. And I'm sitting on a park bench going, squeak, squeak, and squeak, 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 and squeak, squeak, trying to figure out what this, this character will sound like. And I swear to you, Jonathan, a little squirrel ran down a tree, came up to my feet, stood on his hind legs, and he looked at me and he went, I went, thank you. And I went back in the sound stage, and I went up to Mark, and I said, Mark, say squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak. He goes, squeak, squeak, and squeak, squeak. And I went, and he goes, yep, that'll work. And, I, and I've worked at Disney many times since then, and I swear I see the same squirrel, and I want to give him 10%. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's that kind of thing where you have those moments of inspiration, much like, you know, you look back at Walt and they always have these stories of him seeing a mouse crawling across the studio, things like that. It's much like that. Kind of. And you know what? As far as I know, that was an animatronic squirrel that's there all the time that was created by Wed many years ago. And God bless him. <laughs> well, with that, then shifting gears, something that I something that I know for a fact that you do and you do it almost as good as the original and that is being Luke Skywalker in Robot Chicken, video games, and so much more. What was it like taking the helm and trying to, I guess, make Luke Skywalker your own, but yet still paying the correct homage to Mark Hamill's role, especially because he is a voice actor? He is a genius voice actor. He's a genius actor, period. 
Um, well, here's the deal. So this was like in the, I don't know, it was a long time ago that I, that I got the call. And I called her up and I said, I don't do Mark Hamill. And she goes, you want to pass? I said, yeah, I want to pass. And so she called me back a few minutes later. She said, the producers still want you to read for this. And so I went into the audition for the LucasArts producers, and I said, guys, I don't do Mark Hamill. And they said, don't do Mark Hamill. Do Luke Skywalker. And I went, oh, okay. That I think I can do. And they, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not a Star Wars fanatic. So, you know, they gave me some just character traits to think about because there's pre-Jedi Luke and post-Jedi Luke, and, they, and, and, and his personality changes. He's a very kind of a whiny kid uh, at the beginning of his journey, and he's, you know, he's a, he's a Jedi eventually. So there's a big range of personality and character and character arc. So, yeah, of course I listen to Mark's delivery, and I try to get his, his cadence, and I try to get his intonation, but I never ever thought, i got to imitate this guy's voice. I really just concentrated on playing the character. I don't remember what my first job was. I know it was a game, but I'm not sure which one. But I remember that the either the LA or the New York Times, in its rate that the producers were able to get Mark Hamill to voice Luke Skywalker for this first game. Replace me on this? Which, you know, by the way, he has every right to. He is Luke Skywalker. And my agent called up the producers and said, <laughs> evidently, no, they just thought you were Luke, and they didn't, they didn't look at the credits. So that was the ultimate compliment. Um, I, you know, I know Mark. Uh, we've been on panels together at Comic-Con, and I, 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 I bow to him. He is Luke Skywalker. But, man, you know, I, it, it's, an, it's a pleasure to play that character because it's so iconic. But, you know, if you go back and compare me to, to, to Mark, man, there's no comparison. The guy owns this character. But it's a really fun franchise to work on because the fan base, uh, by the way, the Robot Chickens were a blast just because they're such a fun parody um, uh, of, of this franchise. We did three of those. And the first one, well, all three actually, but the first one, uh, George Lucas debuted it up at Skywalker Ranch and invited us all to, to, to a party and gave us all lightsabers as, as gifts. It was, it was, it's a very, very cool thing to do. Well, and like you said, it's one of those where now you're part of this like Star Wars uh, you know, franchise that everybody loves. That's the thing, is you are part of this huge, gigantic world out there that has a huge fan base. And doing the robot chickens, I guess going in there and knowing that you're poking fun and having parodies and doing all these great, wacky things, was there one robot chicken that was your absolute favorite? Yeah, absolutely. And the the absolute coolest part was that George Lucas got it, gave them permission at the time, and he doesn't own the franchise anymore, that's Disney, but he gave them permission to make fun of his baby. In fact, I think he actually plays himself in one of the specials. And Seth Green, who's, you know, the executive producer and does lots of voices for Robot Chicken, he is such a, a Star Wars geeky fan that he, he, the fact that they were allowed to really just have a blast and go crazy making fun of this franchise, I mean, it, it, it's, it's done with, with, with love, but it's so over the top fun to do. Now, when it comes to uh, many things like, you know, working in the studio, working on voiceover, things like that, are there any, ever any times when you're in there and you're getting into character and you just can't get the words out and, you know, you're just sitting there and sitting there and it just seems like I, I can't get these out. What do you do in those kind of situations to, I guess, overcome that? Without a doubt, there are days we all wake up and we're like, you know, we have brain fog. We were out, out too late. 
Um, Porky takes a lot of dexterity, you know, in, in, in vocal dexterity with the stutter. And there are times when there are certain words you're like, man, I, I could say this word great yesterday for not for some reason it's not coming out today. That's where we have really, really good voice directors. Um, Colette Sunderman is directing our current Looney Tunes show, and she's been directing Looney Tunes forever. Andrea Romano was the first director I ever worked with. And these amazing, amazing uh, leaders, uh, directors, guide us on, on how to fix whatever. They all have their, have their own certain things. I think Colette has you walk away from the mic and swear over and over and over again just to get it out. And But there are some times where, you know, you're doing a particularly throaty character. You know, for, for an episodic cartoon for TV, they hire you to do at least two voices for the minimum, for scale. And, you know, one might be throatier than the other. So you speak up. You say, can we save the throaty one till the end so I don't have to destroy my throat? Uh, like, for instance, I did a, a, a Looney Tunes a few weeks ago where I played this character, Gabby the Goat, based on an old 1930s Gabby the Goat character from, from Looney Tunes. And Gabby the Goat sounds like this, but he's real throaty. And doing that and trying to do Porky with it, or Tweety. It, it's, it's, it'll, it'll sacrifice performance if I do Gabby first. So, you know, an actor needs to speak up at a session and say to the director, can we do this first, or I'm having trouble getting these words out. Or sometimes it's it's story. I will do the line as written, but I'll think, you know, I don't think Porky would say it that way. Can we try it a different way? They never say no. But, the, but that doesn't mean they're going to keep your idea in the finished product. But they're very collaborative, and it, it is definitely a group effort to do this stuff. But you are absolutely correct. There are times, you know, you've got the flu, and you've got a session, and you've got to get it out, and you feel really bad. But, you know, if your voice is good, if you can perform, you know, the show must go on, and you've got to really just, you know, for, for the next two to four hours, you've got to be a pig. Definitely. Well, and like you said, it's one of those where you have to push through it, make it work, and I guess lube up those pipes, which is going to bring me to, you know, the voice industry in general. You know, you've been a part of so many different things and iconic characters and ensemble casts and so much more. Is there any one person that you are always still in awe watching them work? Or is there somebody that you'd still love to work with that you haven't yet? They're all, it'll be the same names for both answers. I mean, I am still in awe of Frank Welker and Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson and Darren Norris and Dee Bradley Baker and Eric Bauza uh, and and uh, Candy Milo. I mean, the, the people, my, my contemporaries, my peers, um, I sit in a session. We, we, we're, it's a mutual admiration society. We are sitting there laughing at each other, um, feeding off of each other. Uh, yeah, I am in awe of the people that, that do what I do. And I, I will be at sessions going, boy, I wish I was that good. Uh, and I think everybody does the same thing with everybody. We are, we, we don't take it for granted. We are a small clique of people. It's very difficult to break into. But those of us who are into it or who are doing it, there was a time we weren't. We broke in. But, man, the cream floats to the top. And if you were to go to a session and watch, you know, Bill Farmer doing Goofy, Lucy Taylor doing Minnie Mouse, um, Daniel Ross doing Donald Duck these days. I mean, it's just uh, an amazing, uh, humbling experience to watch your, your peers 
do what they do so well. Very cool. And like you said, it's one of those where, you know, everybody has their own talents and things like that. And that's going to bring us back to the beginning when you said you had to, you know, re-audition for Porky a variety of different times to make sure you got that role. I guess, what is it like knowing you have to go in, audition for a character, and that's going to lead us to some other things that you have going on even now with Porky? Well, I remember the first time I had to re-audition for Porky, I believe, well, I've got a couple of stories. Um, we did a movie called Space Jam, but it started out as Nike commercial, and I did the first Nike commercial where Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, oh yeah, Michael Jordan comes out at the end and says, that's all, folks, and Porky goes, hey, look at that smiling. Okay, that's all, that's all I had to do. The day of that session, I had laryngitis, not anything other than just laryngitis. I had been working hard. I lost my voice. I go to the session, and I'm talking like this. The the people producing this commercial interpreted that as I lost the ability to play this character. So like two weeks later, my agent calls me up and says, they're holding auditions for Porky Pig for this commercial. I said, um, what do I do? And she said, I want you to audition and give them a fake name and see what happens. I said, all right. So I, I auditioned under an assumed name, got the job, walked in, life is good. Then a few years later, Space Jam. And they hold auditions, lots of auditions. And it was like a kick in the gut to have to audition, and there were hundreds reading against me. But the auditions were clever. It wasn't just from the script. They didn't want that's all, folks. I taught a talk, putty tat, what's up, doc. They had us go in and read Shakespeare in character. And their their thought (laughs) process was, if these actors can do Shakespeare and and the and the character's integrity is there, but the story is still there. The acting is still there. They can do the iconic lines. And to me, that was the most fun audition, one of the most fun auditions I've ever done. Because I I was able to, you know, I knew this character, but I, I can do Porky better than I can do myself. It's just so, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's it's just easier for me. I'm more com- more comfortable in his skin than my skin. So I got that job. And then there was another audition. I forget what that was for. I remember I did the pilot for the last Looney Tunes show, and after I did the pilot, they held auditions. So the second time wasn't as difficult as the first. The third time wasn't as difficult. And then the fourth time, Jonathan, my philosophy is this. I've been doing Porky for 27 years. If somebody comes around and he's better than I am, he deserves this character. And I have to be grateful and thankful for 27 really amazing years. So I'm not um, arrogant enough to think that just because, you know, I've been doing it for a long time doesn't mean somebody else can come around and do it too. These characters, as you know, it, they've got a, a new guy who's performing Kermit the Frog now. Mel Blanc passed away in 1989. Dawes Butler a few years before him. June Foray just recently. So these characters have to and must live on. So I can guarantee it, uh, for some reason, they're going to have me audition for them again, and I'm going to go in, and I'm going to have fun, and I'm going to do what I do best. And again, if somebody's better, they've got my blessing. Well, you know, and that's going to bring it to, you know, like you said, that that's the kind of thing where 
they have your respect. They have that, you know, hey, if they can do it better, you've been doing this for so long. But that's also going to bring us into something new you have going on on the Looney Tune front as well, if you want to elaborate a little bit more about that. Yeah, we are doing a new show called, it's called, it's a very creative original name. It's called New Looney Tunes. And uh, it, it used to be called Wabbit. And when it first went into production, it was primarily Bugs Bunny with an occasional uh, antagonist. I think they had Yosemite Sam, and I think they had Elmer Fudd and Wile E. Coyote. But primarily, it was Bugs and brand new characters. And about, I'd say, halfway through the first season, they decided to experiment with bringing in another classic character. And I believe the thought process was, let's bring in a character that Bugs never did a short with just to see how it goes, because they didn't want to rehash what they'd already done. And believe it or not, there was never a Bugs Bunny Porky Pig short. So they brought in Porky, and they went back to the original character design from the 30s. Porky used to be really fat, really just this, this obese pig, and they went back to the original design. And the writing of this show is the best representation of classic Looney Tunes that I've ever been a part of. It is just so well written. Um, the last episode of season one, they brought in Daffy Duck just to see how he would work with Porky. And Dee Bradley Baker, who had done Daffy in Space Jam, they hired to do Daffy Duck for this. In recent years, Daffy Duck has been more of the Chuck Jones greedy Daffy, like, you know, Duck Dodgers and Robin Hood Daffy. And they decided to go back to the early 30s, wacky, zany, woohoo, Daffy. And, again, it was amazing writing to the point where we got a pickup for season two and they brought in more classic characters from, I'm doing Tweety, uh, Jeff Bergman's doing Sylvester, they brought in Peppy Le Pew, Granny. So we're now in the middle of season three. They decided, well, we can't call it Wabbit anymore because that's just reflecting bugs. So now it's new Looney Tunes. And it is on the Boomerang paid subscription. So it's not on TV right now. It's, you've got to pay the Boomerang. That's uh, a monthly fee, and I don't know what it is. But that's, that's the way cartoons are done today, that, you know, the streaming thing, that's, that's kind of the norm. But it's great. It's fun. It is a pleasure to work with these producers, uh, Matt Craig, um, Gary Hartle. The writing is superb, and it's one of the most exciting Looney Tunes projects I've ever been involved with. Well, and like you said, it's one of those where they're hearkening back to those early days, the early designs, the early storytelling, which makes for a great short format, which a lot of shows kind of veered away from in recent years. So it makes it fun, quick, humorous, and memorable. And, you know, like you said, it's called the new, new Looney Tunes, but at the same time, it's harkening back to the original. So it's kind of new and old, all in the same. Well, the, the thing that the classic Looney Tunes did so well is they were, they were a reflection of pop culture. And, they were, it, you know, what we saw on Saturday morning cartoons were references from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. What we're able to do so well in this show, and I give credit to the writers, is they're doing the same pop culture references with today. I mean, Porky Pig didn't have a cell phone when Mel Blanc did it. There was no Uber. There was there was no uh, uh, World Wide Web. 
and we're taking contemporary situations with classic characters, and the marriage has been terrific. Definitely. Yeah, it's one of those things, like you said, you know, season three, Boomerang Streaming Network, which I know is highly popular. I mean, you see it everywhere. Many people love it. Boomerang is just, it's one of those treasure troves of animation. So I guess in closing here, because we know you're busy and so many different things on the horizon, and of course, everybody can check you out on that as well. For all of your fans out there, people whose lives you've touched through characters, voice work, you name it, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for everybody listening in who's fans of Bob, Porky, or anybody that you've helped bring to life? Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you for, for, for watching, and thank you for enjoying. If you see that I'm going to be in your town at a fan convention, by all means, don't hesitate to come up and say hi if you want advice on how to get into this i'm always available online i'm on twitter at bob bergen i'm very i'm very accessible so uh we are nowhere unless people watch and like our work so um humbly i thank them well it was our pleasure having you stop in take this time coming back chatting with us and i know we're going to be on the lookout for more for you in 2017 2018 and beyond and so much more so it was our pleasure having you stop in bob and chat with us once again here thanks my friend it was fun And their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. What's in the cave? Only what you take with you. Your weapons. You will not need them. Stutter to die? Hmm? No use there is. Do what Luke will do. L Luke will do. Oh, s. Oh! No! No! Killed him, you did? I, I I thought it was Darth Vader. Just some dude it was. The reason I say no weapons this is... In, in my defense, you phrase that as more of a suggestion. Think you would straight cut his head off? I did not! Oh, he kind of looks like me. Yes, kind of looked like you, he did. Jump out and scare you, he would. Then reveal his face, he would. And blown your mind would be... What was the point? To make you think. Oh, like I was fighting myself or something like what? To make you think. Hi, everyone. This is Trisha. And Jamie. And welcome to this week's episode of Magical Munchies, the delicious place on Diz Radio where you can get your Disney foodie fix. So, Jamie, you just got back from Disneyland. It's been about 90 degrees here in Chicago, so really not feeling fall. But how was it at Disneyland? Trisha, it was awesome. There were pumpkins everywhere it was a teeny bit hot but you know what disneyland really was ready for fall and lucky jamie is actually heading off to disney world this weekend to try many of the tasty foods you all submitted for our Diz radio fan festival favorites contest 
Yes, thank you so much for all of the submissions via email and on Instagram. We will be announcing the top 10 finalists and our two winners on our show on October 12th. So make sure to stay tuned. Okay, Park Chopper, Jamie, since you're just at Disneyland, let's talk fall food. And D-Heads, Disney gets their fall food on at every park around the world. And because there are so many magical fall munchies, we're going to do two shows on fall food. This one is focused on U.S. parks because we can't talk for an hour about food, even though we could. We're not supposed to. And it would be delicious if we did. We did have to narrow our list. Yes, this is our list of seven magical munchies that are perfect for fall, the U.S. edition. I'll be starting off with my number seven. And it is number seven because it's a Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party exclusive. And they are the Haunted Mansion Chocolate Tarts. Now these babies, they come in four different flavors. And each base is a chocolate tart. So the first one is Oreo Panna Cotta, followed by the Raspberry Compote with White Chocolate Mousse. Then we have another delicious one. It's uh, chocolate ganache and peanut butter icing. And the last one for all, uh, all of you foodies out there that really like fruit, this one is a lemon curd, strawberry compote, and strawberry mousse. Those all sound delicious, but you have to say, what is the coolest part of these tarts? Okay, the coolest part is the chocolate that's on top. Ah. They are, <laughs> they're Haunted Mansion inspired, so they have the portraits from the stretching room on top so each one's different four portraits four chocolate tarts i mean they're they're like beautiful their art it reminds me of some of the things that they had at festival of the arts i need to go to that (laughs) okay so what goes really well with chocolate coffee and jamie you know i'm a huge starbucks junkie and starbucks and (laughs) disney is just the perfect combo of caffeine fix and magic so i'm starting with that fall flavor that is being slightly overdone but it's still tasty, and it's number six, and it's the pumpkin spice and pumpkin spice lattes at Starbucks. Uh, and to me, for the best Disney Starbucks experience, you have to go over to Disney Springs and see Josh. He's this really fun cast member, and he decorates his badge for kind of whatever season it is. And at the holiday time, he wears a Santa hat. So I'm thinking he's probably sporting like a Jack Skellington head, Jack Skellington head or something cool like that. So pumpkin spice, Josh, Disney Springs, Starbucks, taste and fall. I love it. I love it. So for number five, it's in honor of this week's guest and his extensive work as Porky Pig. I'm going to hop across the country to Disney California Adventure, right into the Pacific Wharf Cafe, and I'm going to get me some soup in a sourdough bread bowl. <clears throat> the best part is they have a bacon cheddar soup. Totally a Porky Pig connection. Come yeah, on. Kind of a harsh one, but yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we like to eat you. You're delicious. <laughs> You're tasty. And we all know bacon. You, you gotta love bacon. You can't have a list about food without bacon on it. I think we <laughs> no, should make no, that a goal. Really okay, for number four, I'm gonna stick with savory and actually head to Epcot over at Walt Disney World's. We're flying back down to Florida, and there's popcorn cart outside the Figment right in Future World. And this popcorn cart's there all the time, but you can build your own festive mix for Halloween. So it kind of looks like candy corn, and it's a bright yellow cheddar cheese popcorn a deep orange buffalo blue cheese popcorn, and a white sour cream and chives. So you just go crazy, mix them together, and it may look like the traditional Halloween sweet treat candy corn, but it's going to blow your mind with an explosion of spicy, cheesy, creamy, crunchy goodness. Those those really are delicious popcorns. <laughs> They're some of my favorites. Okay, still hungry, but I'm going to go on with my number three and switch it up a little bit. 
I'm still staying in Disney California Adventure, but this time I'm going to go with a beverage. And this you can get at Carthay Circle Lounge, and it's called the Poison Apple Teeny. Now, Trisha, I think this would be right up your alley, because in it, you get a little floating light-up mini green poison apple. And it's so cool! It's perfect for getting you polluthered. Oh, all of the polluthered. We had two when we went because we each needed a glow cube. <laughs> and <laughs> let me tell you, there's there's whiskey in there, so you will get you will get smashingly polluthered. Is there it's not usually whiskey and martinis, is there? No, not usually, but this one, this one is uh deliciously evil. We are not messing around. <laughs> not at all. Okay, so staying with apples, but another way that you can get your poisoned green apple. Uh, is the fall caramel apples. Now, caramel apples in general are kind of that very fall food, and Disney just kind of goes nuts with the decorations on fall, on uh, the apples. And there's a Day of the Dead themed with intricate and colorful frostings. There's Jack Skeleton Head apples. There's Mickey Jack-o'-lanterns and ghosts. And there's also the poison apple, and I've seen it in both white and that like creepy slimy green color. But my favorite has to be Minnie. <laughs> Um, and a lot of times the Mickey and Minnie apples are actually inspired by the costumes that Mickey and Minnie will be wearing at the Mickey's Not So Evil, um, or Not So Scary Halloween party. And in previous years, there was this really super cute Minnie one that she had a sparkly, it was a sparkly purple dress with orange frosting polka dots, um, and a little purple witch's hat. It's almost too cute and, and frankly too big to eat. Um, but you do anyway. And you can find these at most of the major candy stores in both Walt Disney World and at Disneyland. There's a ton of them. There's uh, the Main Street Confectionery in Magic Kingdom and Goofy's Candy Company in Disney Springs. So those are both in Walt Disney World. And then if you're in Disneyland, there's the Candy Palace and Candy Kitchen right in Disneyland proper. And over in Disney California Adventure, there's also trolley treats. So you can get your apples everywhere. Yes. So I'm, I guess it's time for number one. Number one. And I, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm staying in California for this one because it was just so delicious and I just ate it and I couldn't get enough. My number one is the Vampire Mater Bread that can <sighs> only be found in Cars Land at Fillmore's Tasting. It is so good, Trisha. It is perfect, fluffy bread. And then they drizzle, this is what made it number one, they drizzle Asiago cheese on top of it. Oh my and gosh. And it's baked to perfection. It is so good. That is it. Is it as cute as the Baby Group Bread? And actually, it really is, because he's got cute little fangs sticking out of his cute little face, and he's got bat wings. Oh, so kind of like when he's the, the one character in the Mater's Tall Tales. I think one of the wrestlers, wasn't he like a vampire? Or no, maybe that was when he was a rock star. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's all vampire, but without the garlic, because, you know, vampires don't like garlic, but apparently they do like cheese. <laughs> Everybody, all the good people like the cheese. Okay, so that's it, Diz Radio fans. Our list of seven magical munchies that are perfect for fall U.S. edition. And remember, on next week's show, we'll be going global and taking fall treats in the parks outside of the U.S. If you like what you're here or have other food ideas, you can always reach out to me, Jamie, on Instagram at Lilo underscore The Lost Princess. Or find me, Trisha, at NotSoEvil underscore Disney Stepmom on Instagram or on Facebook. I'm at author, A-U-T-H-O-R, Trisha Dobb. You can also find my book, The Not So Evil Stepmother in the Most Magical Place on Earth, and read about our family's fall adventures at Disney World. And that book is available on Amazon, or you can contact me directly for signed copies. And to all you D-heads out there and Disney foodies, thank you so much for joining us, and don't forget to try everything. So, you eat bugs? Uh, yeah. Uh.
Not zebra? No. Water buffalo? No. Warthog? No. Meerkat? No. I like you, kid. A toast. Slightly yet satisfying. You'll find marshmallow bugs crawling through crunchy chocolate-flavored cereal in new Kellogg's Chocolate Mud and Bugs, part of this complete breakfast. You're one swell kid. Nothing bugs you. <laughs> With Kellogg's Disney cereals, anything can happen. There's a fruit store on our street. It's run by a guy named Pete. And he keeps good things to eat, but you should hear him speak. When you ask him anything, he never answers no. Yeses you to death, and as he takes your dough, he tells you yes. We have no bananas. We have no bananas today. There's string beans and onions, cabbages and scallions, and all kinds of fruit and say. We have an old-fashioned tomato, Long Island potato. But yes, we have no bananas. We have no We have no bananas. We have no bananas today. We'll sell you some Swiss cheese. When you open this cheese, it gets up and walks away. We have some new Hampshire squashes. They taste just like galoshes. But yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today. Business got so good with him, he wrote home to say, Send me Bob and Nick and Jim, I need help right away. When he got them in the store, there was fun, you bet. Someone asked for Sperry Gas, and, and then the whole quartet all answered, Yes, we have no bananas. Yes, we have no bananas today. Yes, we have no bananas. Yes, we have no Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice behind the characters Goofy, Pluto, and many of your other Disney favorites, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic ride, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the very talented Bob Bergen. Yes, bringing great characters to life like Porky Pig, Luke Skywalker, and so much more. Thank you, Bob, for taking time once again and chatting with all of us here at Diz Radio. It was a fantastic pleasure once again. I'd also like to extend a very special thank you to the D-team. Without the D-team, there would be no show. They make the magic happen every single week. So thank you to Aaron, Dominic, Alexa, Trisha and Jamie all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. You truly do make the magic happen. And remember, you can connect up with the D team on our official website at dizradio.com. 
D-I-Z-Radio.com. Just go to the D-Team page. And finally, thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. You were the reason we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. For eight years, almost 200 shows, you were the reason we come back at you every single week, and we are humbled to bring this to you. So thank you, the D-Heads, for tuning in every single week and making this show truly what it is. So next week, we are kicking off our seventh annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration. That's right, lots of fun on the horizon. Our most popular shows of the year are our Halloween and Christmas shows. So you are in for a treat as we are kicking off our seventh annual Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration here at Diz Radio. So you are in for a treat. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And you can find us on all those outlets and more. And maybe you just can't wait. You want to hear from our guests, the D-Team, the magic, the memories, and more. You need it instantly in your ears. All you have to do is go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It is that easy. Go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can subscribe. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio. Hit the subscribe button and listen to our shows as soon as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, the device of your choosing. You have it instantly to listen to as soon as those shows come out. And if I've been talking too fast, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. All right, all of you D-heads, with that said, I am excited. My favorite time of the year, Halloween. And next week, we are kicking off our 7th annual Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration. If this is your first time celebrating Halloween with us, you are in for a great treat. It is a lot of fun. And next week, to kick things off, kick off the festivities, I'm going to give you one hint. It is our only reoccurring guest to help us celebrate Halloween and Summerween every single year. I'm going to leave it at that. And let's just say he's changed his names a few times. Leaving it at that, all of you D-heads. So until next week, get out there, have fun, start decorating for Halloween, thinking of those costumes. And remember, take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You cannot always make memories. Make the magic happen and make those memories happen as well. So until next week, all of you D-heads, have a fantastic week.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.